It's the kind. It's not like the audible like. <laughs> it's the kind that you like the really quiet, but like giggling that makes that's your stomach a, that, muscles that's hurt. That's good. Yeah, you know I'd what I'm talking about. If I heard laugh, laugh, laugh. I'd be like the Tasmanian Devil's oh, Lunch the Theater. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Toast podcast. I am your host, Tommy Brozine. And with me are my two other co-hosts, Mr. Will Forte, Adam Hart. Well, hello. Uh, I hope you like Last Man Standing. Uh, I'm sorry, Last last Man on Earth. Last Man Standing. <laughs> last That'd be weird. That's Tim Allen. I have my other special co-host today, Mr. Tom Cruise, Dennis Korn. Oh, okay. I didn't know I, uh, I subscribe to the Church of Scientology, but sure, I'll take it. <laughs> and like I said before, my name is Tommy Brosine, a.k.a. Russell Crowe. Oh. It is very, 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 very nice to be with you guys today for another episode, another review episode, that is. So why don't we get into it and get started on our review? So, Mr. <laughs> Will Forte, why don't you start us off? So I uh, actually got to go out for once. Uh, I went to a drive-in movie. Um, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Over Look. in uh, Rhode Island, there was a nice place. They did social distancing. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, at a Blumhouse double feature, uh, I saw The Hunt oh. and The Invisible Man, both of which I really oh, enjoyed. Nice. This was my second viewing of both. I caught them both in theaters before this whole uh, pandemic happened. But if you want to hear me wax poetically about uh, The Hunt, I, I think you should go back if you haven't listened to Episode 5, Reviews Episode 5, or Talking mm. with John Henry. I uh, really uh, gave him my all for that episode. Uh, and if you go. want to hear about The Invisible Man, uh, you can listen to Reviews Episode 3 or Tommy watched some of Mulan. Uh, both are really good episodes. <laughs> I hope Tommy may have watched more of Mulan since then, but uh, we'll no, find out. I haven't done it. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't say that I yeah. have. But well, uh, well, thank you for those for those recaps. How was the uh, drive-in? Ah, the drive-in was so fantastic. I, I have nothing to relate to a, a drive-in experience. Ah, I can't wait till I you can't. get to go there. It's it's gonna be good, buddy. Was it was it a full a full lot? Yeah, well that's the thing. They were doing social distancing, which was nice. Uh -huh. They had a car's length in between each car, so it wasn't a full lot. And they would only allow three people in the bathroom per time, and they only had like there was two like toilets, one was in, one was out, and then three stalls, and they put one X in between the second stall. Uh yeah, you buy your tickets online. What about pretty nicely. Oh, wow. Uh, concessions you could order online and then just show up and pick up, or you could go. I don't know. I didn't. I got Wendy's. Didn't fuck How many people? It was it you just go. you? Just, just me you and Sarah. Or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, nice. It was like twenty-seven oh. bucks, but if you bought four tickets in the theater or you bought these movies uh, on VOD, it'd be more money. So. Oh yeah, dude. That was nice. That's a great deal. That's a good yeah. date night. Now, okay, I I have a question because, like I said, I've never been to a drive-in, so I've heard different ways that the drive-in works. Mm -hmm. Did you have the audio coming through your speakers in your car, or did they have a box that you put next to your? Uh, I, I I used uh, my own. Uh, I actually used my cell phone. It's really loud. Uh, oh, yeah, because cool. I didn't want to. Huh. I didn't want to use my battery because I'm. I, I, don't know. I was going to say yeah. If you have to listen to it through your your. Uh, radio that means your car has to be on right yeah but you just put it on like the aux uh you don't fully turn it on but you run the risk i don't know yeah uh yeah. but no this was really cool uh i normally go to this one in massachusetts called the minden twin driving but they haven't opened up yet they can open next week but that's a whole different thing i went to one called rustic tribe you driving it's a three uh 
picture driving. Uh, and uh, I've gone there in the past, and uh, I'm going to go back there again, I think, because they're actually at a slant, and they have the little cars parked in front, uh, so nothing's going to get in the way. Oh, cool. Uh, and they started, the movie was supposed to start at 8.30. They started at 8.15. I'm like, oh, that's weird, but fucking I'm here. I don't so care. You missed the you missed the beginning of the movie? No, no, no. I shut up on time. <laughs> and the beauty is they didn't even play any fucking trailers. They just jumped right in the movie. Wow. There was and a it was small, a double feature. Yeah, there was a small intermission for 10 minutes, and they jumped right in the movie. And, uh, yeah, I was out of there by, like, 12.30. It was nice. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. a, cool. That's a fun but, All right. So I don't want to waste your time talking about those. No, uh, no. Why don't you just listen yeah. to those episodes? Yeah, I, so uh, what, what do you got for us today? I saw a brand spanking new movie that I purchased on Amazon called Scoob, as in Scooby Dooby Doo. That's right. His Ooh, first no. foray onto the big screen didn't happen because of the little screen. Well, at least animated wise. Uh, yeah. So this, <laughs> so those of you who know Scooby-Doo, you know he's been a Hanna-Barbera character for a while. He had uh, two live-action movies, with, which were pretty good. Uh, first one written by James Gunn. Uh, second one, I think, story by James Gunn. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But uh, this... <laughs> Sorry. That's the last one. I won't do any more of this. I, I didn't know very much about this movie going in. Uh, but I like going in that way. So what is the plot? So the plot, we meet Scooby and Shaggy for the first time as (gasps) children, but we kind of did that with the pup named Scooby-Doo, but this takes place before that. Uh, So we meet them. Uh, Shaggy is a loner kid in Venice walking by himself talking, and it looks just like Venice, which is scary. Uh, Venice Beach, California. Yeah, and uh, Scooby, of course, is up to Scooby. He, like, he's a cute puppy. He's up to Scooby tricks. Uh, he's yeah. stealing food. He stole, like, a big shawarma, like, meat. Uh, and and uh, the cops are after him. That's uh, a bike cop. And uh, and then we see Shaggy talking to himself. He's like, I told my mom I was coming here with my friends. I have no friends. I need to make friends. And he, oh. like, puts on his, like, uh, his, his uh, MP3 player in every song. Whatever mix he goes to, it's, like, one is the loneliest number and, like, other oh. sad songs. <laughs> and then you see him set up a, a picnic for himself. And he's talking to these two sand people, and it's like he made people out of sand. And Scooby hides behind the sand person, and then the cop comes like, oh, that dog, that stray dog, I got to take him with me. And he's like, oh, he's not a stray, he's my dog. And he's like, well, what's the dog's name? He's like, Scooby. And he's like, okay, what's his middle name? He's like, Doobie. And he's like, what's his last name? He's like, do. He's like, uh, this sounds sked. The cop's like, this sounds sketchy to me, but... The law is, if he has a full name, beginning, middle, and end, uh, he has to belong to you. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, I got to stop for a second. This guy looks like Kevin Heffernan, uh, Farva from Super Troopers. Oh, yeah, looks yeah, just yeah. like him, sounds just like him, and it was him. And I I, uh, I met him. I got an internship from him. I just tweeted out. I'm like, hey, yeah, I just want to promote he's in this. He, he liked it. He uh, he sent, sent me a tweet back today. That was kind of cool. But that's all what the movie is about. So, that's dope. Yeah. And, Sorry, uh, that's, that's <laughs> totally cool. That's, that's so cool. cool. Yeah, uh, and uh, so after that happens, you see Scooby and Shaggy bonding. Shaggy gives Scooby a uh, his his classic Scooby Doo collar that says SD, and Scooby's like, "I love it. I'm never gonna take it off." And Shaggy says, "I'm never going anywhere." And they hug, and it's like I mean, it's a beautiful moment. And then uh, they're trick or treating as Blue Falcon and um, what is it? Not Astro Dog. Uh, like oh, ro- it is something like that, though. Damn. Yeah, like this robot dog. Their favorite yeah. characters, superheroes. 
and uh, they're, they're, they, they get their bag stolen by some bullies who throw their candy into a haunted house that Dino no Mutt. kids ever want to go. Dino Mutt, yeah. Oh. The bullies leave. Scooby and Shaggy are like, oh, we can't go in there. And then Velma, Fred, and Daphne show up. And like, hey, man, you guys okay? We saw what happened. And then they end up going into the house, and they uncover a mystery. And uh, that's when Mystery <laughs> Inc. starts. And then it cuts forward, and uh, the gang wants to make more out of Mystery Inc., and they sit down with someone who knows uh, how to make a buck or two. They sit down with Simon Cowell, who, uh, oh my who, who God, pretty really? much says Scooby and Shaggy aren't pulling their weight. And if they want to be serious, they're going to kind of drop the dead weight. And Scooby and Shaggy just leave without even hearing anymore. Oh, no. And they're sad. So they go to their number one favorite spot, the bowling alley. And uh, <laughs> they get kind of kidnapped there. Uh, the, the, the pins come to life as what? little robots. The bowling balls become robots. They run outside. They're almost about to get kidnapped. And then a blue beam sucks them up into the sky. And what? we find out that the gang fucking, they, they, they tell Simon Cowell off. And they're like, we got to find Scooby and Shaggy. And on the police scanner, they hear about this stuff happening at the bowling alley. And like, oh, shit, that's where Scooby and Shaggy probably are. That's a favorite spot. So anyways, they get sucked up by Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Because it turns out there's someone after him, Dick Dasterly, the guy from Wacky Racers. Okay. So, they, all right, so, so yeah. it's, it's a weird story. This isn't your classic Scooby-Doo. Even though in yeah, the beginning, the, like the middle of the movie, we see the classic Scooby-Doo opening of them and all their exploits. Same Shot by shot, huh. uh, just computer generated. But yeah, this is more okay. uh, Dick Dastardly is after Scooby Doo because he is the living descendant of like Julius Caesar's dog. And Julius Caesar had what? this. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Caesar, this amazing land with all this gold and riches. And there was a portal that this. This uh, Hydra type dog, this three three headed dog, came out Severus. Oh, uh, and yeah, yeah, to trap him. Him and his him and the dog had a had to make like a portal to block it. So Scooby Doo's the only living relative who can open that portal, and Dick Dastardly is after him. But Scooby and Shaggy don't know about wow. this. Oh man, it's just and so the whole time the gang's trying to find Scooby and Shaggy. They think they've been kidnapped. Scooby and Shaggy are kind of. On the uh, hanging out with their heroes, but it turns out it's not Blue Falcon that we know, and they call that out. This is a new version of him. It's his son, so things are a little different. And uh, they pretty much convince Scooby that, hey, Dick Dastardly's after you. You must be important. They make him a superhero. He takes off the collar that Shaggy gave him, and Shaggy's heartbroken. Uh, I I could go on and on. Um, it's <laughs> it's pretty much that's the whole movie. Uh, but I don't want to give away too much stuff here. Um, hey, that's great. You, yeah. you did plenty. Like, I actually think I'm going to watch this. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. You can rent it for like 15 bucks or buy it for 20. So I said, fuck it, I'll buy it. But the voice cast is phenomenal. We got Shaggy is played by Bill Forte, <laughs> Zach Efron plays Fred, Mark Wahlberg is Blue Falcon. Yeah, uh, we got Ken Jong as Dino Mutt. Daphne's voice is played by, do you know? I don't, Amanda Seafried. Okay, yeah, that caught me off guard in the credits. I'm like, oh, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman. And Scooby-Doo's voiced by the guy that's always done Scooby, so we get the classic Scoob. Oh, that's cool. Dick Dasterly is played by the guy that played Lucius Malfoy, or whoever the bad guy, the dad of the little Dick Malfoy. It has a great fucking Hmm. cast. The big thing on this movie, I know a while ago, uh, Dax Shepard was one of the co-directors of it, and he dropped out because the animation process is just so much. 
I'm like, that could have been cool to see him direct this, but uh, the co-director went on to direct it by himself. Oh, Tony Cervoni? Yeah. So uh, I'll just say this movie, uh, it wasn't what I expected because I expected it to uncover mysteries and stuff. But for what it was, it was, if you got kids at home, if you're a Scooby fan, it's a fun story to watch. I'd say it's a great Is it nostalgic? Do you think it'll be nostalgic? Uh, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll say green light. Check it out. Oh wow, okay. Dang. Uh it, do we it have any sounds like fun, dude. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh my god. When when did this movie come out? Uh Friday. I would have never guessed based on the tidbits. There's fifty one of these suckers. Oh wow. And all I don't I don't see I have yet to see a stinker. And I think that's because no stinker. The, the good ones are up in the, uh, the, all the good stuff is up at the top. I think once you get to the bottom, you get like the oh, this person was considered for yeah, right here. Stinkers. Yeah, here's some good ones here. Check this out. This is planned to be the first installment of a Hanna Barbera cinematic. Yes, I got to talk about that. Let me jump in. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Right before the credits roll, we just see like the big names of the movie, and there's like these beautiful like storyboard type. Here's what happened later on. And we find out the Blue Falcon team, they're joined by Adam Ant. Uh, I, oh. I thought it was Magilla the gorilla, but it wasn't. It's a different gorilla. Uh, <laughs> Captain Caveman joins them. Uh, you see Johnny Quest's dad. You see he's kind of inventing Rosie what? the Robot. So, yeah, they're building up a giant world. Oh. And I'm like, what? I want to see this. And I know in the past you've asked me what the animation's like, and that ran through my head. I'm like, what is this like? I don't know what it's like. Sarah's like, this looks like a Barbie movie. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think it's oh. a beautiful movie. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Tommy. No, but I, no, I, I, I'm glad you said I that. When I saw that, I was so excited. I'm like, yeah. I was hoping we get some Flintstones in there, but there wasn't. Well, that's one of the trivia. I, I was actually wasn't sure if I was going to put. There's silhouette portraits of Fred and Wilma Flintstone uh, that can be seen on the wall of the haunted house. Ah, I wish I saw that. Fuck. Yeah. That's fun. So that's, and then I'll give you a couple more. There's, these are some good ones. Uh, I promise. So um, the film pays homage to the Hanna-Barbera characters, original voice actors uh, nice. by using their names in relation to their characters. So young Shaggy first appears in front of Casey's creations oh. named after Shaggy's <laughs> original voice actor, Casey Kasem. Nice. Um, Dastardly and Muttley were sponsored by Winchell Motor Oil, named after Dick Dastardly's original voice actor, Paul Winchell. Can I can I jump in for a second? Yes. What was the dog? Muttley is the name? Muttley. Yes. Dastardly and Muttley. So what they do is so ingenious here. Uh, they give a reason why Dick Dastardly wants to do this so much, like why he wants to open the portal and open up this hellscape. It turned, we've learned a little later on, that he opened it up before with Muttley, and Muttley got stuck in there, and he wants to free Muttley. And I'm like, that's oh. fucking genius. You give a bad oh, guy dude. an amazing motivation. <laughs> and when he finds Muttley, he thinks he's dead, and he's fucking torn apart. And then it turns out Muttley's alive, and it's it's good. But I'm like, it's oh, so damn. genius that they gave the yeah. bad guy motive that actually has heart and soul. Sorry. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that makes the best bad guys. They yeah. have to have a, a goal that you could agree with, potentially. So the last homage is uh, the third Cerberus skull is located at Messick Mountain, named after Scooby-Doo's original voice actor of Don Messick. Yes, and I left that out there. I'm sorry. What what no, they need right. to open up this hellscape, they got to get three massive dog skulls that are throughout the whole world. Cerberus. And Dastardly already has two of them, and they got to get to the third. And that's where 
they meet Captain Kangaroo. He's the keeper of it. Got it. And <laughs> and then once they have that, Scooby can open the portal. I left that out. Thank you for mentioning that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Will Forte. I mean, Adam Hart. And uh, let's go on <laughs> to Tom Cruise, a.k.a. Dennis Korn. <laughs> oh, I think I'm taller than that guy. <laughs> Tiny Tom Cruise. I think there are few who aren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take oh, it away, shit. Dennis. What well, uh, this week I'm bringing to the table Mission Impossible. Oh, a nice. A blockbuster hit starring Tom Cruise, directed by Brian De Palma, John Voight, Emilio Estevez dies 30 seconds into the movie. Oh, so <laughs> sad. So sad. Spoiler. No. You got John um, No, right? Uh, he's a great character. Um, yeah. Probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. Thing Rames. Anyways, great cast. But yeah, what was interesting going through this this time Oh, stop, I'm going to stop you real quick. Can you tell everybody a quick synopsis of what the movie is about for those that have not seen this movie? So there is a family that has stumbled upon a Sasquatch. Turns out the Sasquatch is just way too much to deal with. So they got to return him back out to the park. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> shit. You watch Harry oh. and the Hendersons? Let's do this. Oh, 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 sorry. let's fucking talk about it. Mission Impossible. That's oh. where we're at. Okay, so. Uh, Mission so they found I missed that part about the Sasquatch. Holy moly, I need to rewatch this movie. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, oh, mind blowing. Mind blowing. It was a deleted the scene. Subtlety. It was a long scene. Uh, the subtleties you pick up on years later are amazing. You know, Never the face mask cut. The it face mask stuff. They actually added inches to him, and he looks a little bit like uh, fucking John Lithgow. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be great. John Boyd um, became John Lithgow? No, no, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise pulls off. Tom Cruise. Pulls his, Tom Cruise Whoa. pulls his mask off, and yeah. there's John Lithgow beneath Tom Cruise. Wow. But he's playing himself as John Lithgow. Yeah, those <laughs> those director's cut. cuts just get crazier and crazier, man. I need to watch it. It's worth right? every penny to watch each one. Totally, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mission Impossible. It is about a group of American government agents They've accepted this mission. John Voight is the leader of this crew. They are trying to find a master list of all of these uh, undercover government agents and it's going up for auction and they are trying to prevent it from just getting out in the open. What ends up happening is the whole team is double-crossed and our main character, Ethan Hunt, played by Tom Cruise, is framed to look like he was in on it, that he helped set all this up. So he's on his own trying to figure out who's the one who set him up as well as try to recover the list and keep it out of, of the bad folks' hands. Yep, some so, classic Tom Cruise in there. <laughs> definitely, yeah. There's the classic repelling scene that this was just <laughs> oh, yeah. reference to shit for like two decades after that movie came out. But a reviewing like this, years later, I, you know, I've all, I had fond memories before. Going into it, I would say it is a green light. The thing that stood out to me on this viewing was the pacing. It's not a movie that gets made. Even the current uh, Mission Impossible movies are not paced like this anymore. It is something I don't think if you just released this now, if Mission Impossible didn't exist and you just dropped the 96 version in theaters right now, I think it would tank. I do not think it would do well. It actually has, you have to follow dialogue. You can have two or three scenes of dialogue go uh, end to end, which I feel like not everyone remembers going into the movie that so much of espionage is information. Yeah. And that's really, that's what most of the movie is. In fact, that is the plot of the movie. It is the exchange of information. That's really what it's centered around. But I've always loved that type of stuff. I've loved like the Tom Clancy, like the Jack Ryan movies. And I really like this type of government espionage subject matter. And 
that still holds up to me. I feel like that if you know you're getting into this, if you've never seen this before, but you know you like that type of movie, you're a fan of Spy Game or uh, Three Days at the Condor, where you're, you're going to have those heightened moments, but every scene between is just that, you know, this is the what's next. How are we going to, mm. how are we going to accomplish the goal? How are we going to get out of here? I, I like that those still hold water. Um, the scene in the restaurant immediately following the collapse of the team where he's going to meet his handler. I love the tension in that scene because yeah. if you looking at it from both perspectives, every character has the right to think what they're thinking. Ethan Hunt has the right to think that his handler is holding him over a barrel and trying to frame him. The right. handler has every right to think Ethan Hunt is the guy who just fucked everyone. And nice. we need to, we need to apprehend this guy right now. I, I really liked all of that stuff. It's it's when you're it, like if you were sitting there watching them in the restaurant, you'd be doing one of these where you're like looking over here, looking, <laughs> over here, looking at this guy, looking at that guy. Oh my god, what's gonna oh, happen? <laughs> yeah, it's like. And the, I think um, the camera, the camera shots, they do a really good job going back and forth like that. And not just and not just the back and forth and the edit, but the the angles they're using yeah. of the conversation. You really get how stressed out Ethan is, and oh, yeah. you know he he's. We just saw how comfortable he was in this really crazy situation the fact that he's getting this fucking twisted and sitting there in that chair really said a lot hmm. um and then the the build up to the train scene at the end of the movie it's it's cool it's you know it's still over the top is that something that when this movie if you were if you were told there's going to be five fucking more of these movies i don't think you would have guessed they would have got as big as they are you know scaling up the sides of skyscrapers in dubai and that's some the of the thing, crazy though. shit they end up doing i feel like i could be wrong but i feel like with each movie they should get worse but i feel like they get bigger and crazier and better and more enjoyable like yeah it just tops itself so many times i, I, I would agree and with the you. stunts that he does you're like how's he gonna be like they're they're even talking now they're they're shooting the two next movies back to back and the director slash writer He's like, I have a hard time figuring out how I'm going to top what I did in the last movie. <laughs> I, I can imagine. But just like you were saying, I feel like every movie has outdone the previous one. Oh, yeah. And not, but in and, and no bad way. Like, yeah. and not to downplay the, the movie before it. What is that? Is, do most people say, like, the second one is probably the least favorite? I think that was so. One of my favorites for the longest, you know, for the longest time, which is also due for a, a re a rewatch because mm. I'm curious if my opinion has changed by now. But with the first Mission Impossible, even after I don't know, probably it's probably been over a decade since I watched it. Mm -hmm. Still a solid green light. Still a great, great. still a great yes. movie. If you were to introduce this to a younger audience member, you know, like a teenage brother or a cousin or whatever the hell, it might be a little different. I don't think it plays out the same way, especially one of the telling things is just the state of what technology was movie came out in 96. There's issues and problems they had in this movie that just wouldn't exist because of modern technology. Makes yeah. And it's kind of fun just to see this time capsule of how that ever could have worked. Awesome. Yeah. Still a solid entry in the series. <laughs> Great movie. The fact that what are they on seven? I think there's eight, nine they're doing. And the fact that like three movies ago, I want to say five or six, they wanted to like phase out Tom Cruise with Jeremy Renner. They tried, Oof. and they realized we got gold here, and they've had yeah. it for years. Yep, he Says can something do it. About this, I I do like Jeremy Renner in the cast. I think he does a really good job. I like Simon Pegg a little bit more. Oh, in I the love cast. Simon Pegg. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
when they introduced Simon in, and you remember when they first introduced, he really didn't play a big role. Yeah, it wasn't until I think more Ghost, more. Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. Ghost Protocol has to be hands down my favorite of all the Mission Possibles, I, in my opinion, because that was like the okay. new, of the newer cast, the newer yeah. stuff. But still, I don't know. I just that something about that movie I like more than and any of the other ones. The fact that Tom Cruise does his own stunts, like he oh, Halo yeah. dived. Yeah. For like a month straight to get that whole scene in the last movie, he broke his leg. He was and the fact that he the, goes the side out of the airplane. It. Yeah, he has to be a yeah. liability for insurance companies, oh, but they know he's fucking worth it, so they yeah. keep paying him. They're bringing a hundred million dollars. <laughs> that airplane stunt in not the most recent one, but the one before that, yep. where he was hanging mm-hmm. on the side. He literally was hanging yeah. on the side of that airplane. I mean, he had harnesses and stuff, of course. Cause but well, yeah. still. I'll be the first to say it. Tom Cruise is amazing. He carries the series. He, he's crazy, but damn, he's he is Ethan Hunt. I was gonna say you got to give props to just the the cinematography department. The coverage yeah. that got that helicopter chase in the last one through the <laughs> through the canyons was uh, fucking yeah. awesome. He wanted to learn to fly for that. Yeah, I think I, he might have actually that done that, but I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I know I hijacked that and talked about all these other movies, but <laughs> the point is, without these movie, without your movie that you're reviewing, we would never have. I think exactly. these movies are better than some of the James Bond movies. I do know, uh, maybe it's in your tidbits, because I, I just thought of one thing that I thought Go for was it. fun. I'll let you I'm know. I'm not sure if it's still there. The scene where Jean Renault is trying to say he's got the, he's got the list. He's got the floppy disk. The oh, right. Floppy <laughs> disk, yeah. Uh, in his hand, and he, he thinks he's had the list, and uh, Ethan's trying to convince him he's not. Right. But the sleight of hand he's using, he actually practiced so they could get yes. the shot. Nice. And that's actually Tom Cruise. He's that genuinely is, making it appear as if, it, you know, he's doing yep. the trick. He did a really good job with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a couple other trivias, if I may. This one's funny. This one made me laugh. While filming the famous scene where Tom Cruise drops from the ceiling and hovers inches above the ground, <laughs> Cruise's head kept hitting the floor. <laughs> oh, boy. Until, But not like a big thunk, but he just he kept hitting the ground when he was trying to be like, you know, this close to the Level. floor. Until he got the idea to put coins in his shoes for balance. Huh. That's what balanced out so his head wouldn't keep hitting the Tom ground. Tom Cruise, you fat head. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Let's see. So this is crazy. So not only is this the only film in the franchise where Ethan Hunt doesn't fire a gun. I say it again. He does not fire a gun in the entire movie. Oh, of Mission shit. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's well, it is also the only one to not have any shootouts or gunfights whatsoever. Yeah, there there there's only like three, five, five gunshots throughout the entire movie. Huh. I, Crazy, that goes with huh? what I was saying before. Like it's the the pacing is not something that I think people would remember or even think yeah. is a, still a Mission Impossible movie. But it right. still has the tension. It still has that intensity. It still delivers that experience. Lower key. But it's like, it's a part of that ramp up. As you can start going through the movies, it just gets fucking wild, man. <laughs> and it came out in 96. <laughs> I was yeah. 12 years oh, yeah. old. I was 12. I wasn't allowed to watch this when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't understand what was going on either. No, but it made a hell of a cool Nintendo 64 game I got to play at my friend's nice. house. That's for sure. Oh, that. I remember that. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, Dennis, do you have anything else you'd like to add about the uh, movie before we uh, move on? It's it, the yeah. movie from my childhood that I remember and still a good time. All right. Tommy, what so, did you watch yeah, this Thank week? you, Dennis. Yeah, uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to take over as 
uh, Russell Crowe, a.k.a. Tommy Brazine, in my movie. Um, that's not really helping much because there's been a lot of Russell Crowe movies. Maybe this will help, too. His co-star, Ryan Gosling. Oh, I thought you were going to say his co-star, Tom Cruise, and connect it with The Mummy. No. Oh. Dang. <laughs> Missed off. Russell Crowe was not in The Mummy. He, yeah, he played Dr. Jekyll or oh, someone in the, right. the Tom Cruise. You're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. That the, was a great the mummy we scene. erased from history. <laughs> oh. The darkest universe that will never be could seen have been, again. It could have been. Could have been yeah. great. I, I didn't have a problem with that. Anyways, that's not that. So that's <laughs> not the movie I'm reviewing. That's, <laughs> that's not the movie. No, the movie I'm talking about came out in 2016. I wish I would have seen it in theaters. I watched it later on on demand. Uh, it was called The Nice Guys. And this is an action comedy crime movie. That takes place in what, like the 60s, I want to say? 70s? Sure. 60s, 70s? Somewhere back then. Somewhere, Somewhere back then. There. I'll tell you guys, this, is a, this was such a pleasurable movie. Anytime I, w- I watched it. I could watch this anytime, and it's great. It's hilarious. It is that, it's got scenes in this movie that are so funny, my insides hurt from laughing. You yeah. can't stop. What's well, that quick wit of Shane Black? He oh, is yeah. an amazing writer who does action and comedy perfectly. The chemistry between Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling was phenomenal. They really did work well together. Nice. Ryan Gosling nice. is hilarious. Hilarious oh, yeah. in this movie. Um, so the movie's about a mismatched pair of dicks or gumshoes. <laughs> Gumshoes, that's a good one. <laughs> they investigate the mysterious death of a porn star and a missing girl, and they f- quickly find out that the two are related. Actually, one of them was sent to the other guy to leave the girl alone. So R- Russell Crowe was sent to Ryan Gosling like, hey, leave this girl alone. He's like, no, I'm a, I'm a private investigator. <laughs> She's who I'm supposed to go find. Ryan Gosling, he's the kind of guy that He'll take any job that's given to him, even if, like, he, he preys on, on the, the old and the weak. <laughs> so if, like, an old lady oh, comes up to him and is like, hey, my husband's been missing for two weeks. There was a shot of him looking up and seeing the urn on yeah. the mantelpiece. <laughs> and the old lady just forgot that her husband passed away. So he's like, okay, ma'am, I will do whatever I can. Uh, I'm sorry I haven't found him yet, so may, I might need a couple more weeks in advance uh, <laughs> oh. to help find. So he's that, yeah, he's a kind of a dirtbag then, kind of a dirtbag, but um, but he's a loving dirtbag with the daughter. She was a good compliment to Ryan Gosling because you see Ryan Gosling as this sleaze, and then his daughter is like the opposite. Like she's the mature. She drives him around everywhere. <laughs> she's the adult in the family. The adult in the family. Yeah, we find out later on that the wife passed away, and so they between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe and the daughter, they managed to, uh, you know, figure out, well, I mean, spoilers. Yeah. They figure <laughs> out the, the, the plot. They find the missing girl. Well, find her for a little bit. And then, so it's a, it's a great, if you guys like uh, mystery movies, crime movies, that type of stuff, I kind of, okay. Are you guys pretty good with like the whole film noir type stuff? Yeah. This kind I, of, I enjoy that stuff. Yeah. This it kind of to me is. is like a modern day noir, and and it looks black and perfectly shot too. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah, like really old L.A. and like even oh, I believe love it. That. It's great. 
Nice. And I will say right now, hands down, anytime I watch this movie, if I'm watching it online where I can rewind it, if I'm not watching it live on TV and I can rewind it, the scene that gets me every time, no matter how many times, I'll watch it 10 times in a row, just repeat, loop, loop, loop. After he falls down the hill and he finds the dead guy who ends up being the producer, (laughs) his reaction to the dead body, I'm talking about Ryan Gosling's reaction, is the closest I've ever seen to an Abbott and Costello type. Like if you guys have ever seen Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, you know, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. we're going to talk about. Yeah. When when Dracula opens up the coffin and and uh, what's his name is, is hey uh, hey Abbott and he <laughs> and he can't talk. He can't, he's so scared he can't get anything out. Ryan Gosling does that and he like he drops the cigarette and he's trying to like. <laughs> and he, he can't get the words out died laughing i literally died laughing it was so one of funny. my favorite scenes i think is when russell crowe bust in on uh on ryan gosling on the toilet in the stall i i, I love that scene right <laughs> you when just, you mentioned the movie you just got tommy to spit water out of his mouth that's good you just got a spit take out of tommy Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt your drink, but that scene just was uh, hilarious and fun. He goes to open the door to the stall and it keeps closing on him. <laughs> See, okay, can I point something out? This should Ooh. this should mean something. The amount of time you spent talking about how much you enjoyed rewatching that same scene and how funny you thought it was, you laughed so much harder when Adam started only started describing the scene. <laughs> like he didn't he didn't finish. He got halfway through the first sentence and you were gone. Well, that's the beauty of this movie. That's there funny. are so that's many great. scenes that are funny. That. Oh, definitely a green light. Go see it uh, if you own it. Watch it again. Fine. Do you have any uh, tidbits on this? Oh, there's so yeah. many tidbits on here. I uh, have not. I was so into talking about the movie. I did not get. To, okay, so Can the four star Misty Mountains. Yeah. Le- le- leave out the pineapple. I don't like pineapple tidbits. Pineapple tidbits. You can leave the pineapple in there. Just don't put the cherries in there. I have yeah, no idea okay. what you guys are talking about. Okay. Uh, so Russell Crowe put on some extra weight for the role of Jackson Healy. Yeah, that's why he uh, put on weight. Feeling the character <laughs> as an enforcer thug should be a stocky bro. That's his excuse hey, for the I, movie no, The Mummy. I he was it. very large in that one. I, I, I believe him. I'm putting no, on weight for a role that's coming up soon, dude. That's why hey, I'm, Adam, I'm 300 the pounds movie. now. You've seen the movie. His character, Jackson Healy, do you think he would have been as tough of a guy, of a dude, if he would have been uh, less stocky? Yeah, man, Russell Crowe's always been a tough-looking motherfucker. I don't know. Jet Li's a pretty tough-looking dude in a lot of the movies he's in. He's not a... I'm just saying, I'm... the last couple of movies I've seen Russell Crowe in, he's been a portly gentleman. <laughs> that's <laughs> coming from me. I'm fat as fuck. So he's that's the whole pizza. He's been the full-course meal. In he's a had the of pie and a few more slices. So apparently uh, the dialogue between the bartender and the detectives uh, where he says he'll stop doing it, doing what? is the same line from Iron Man 3 when Rhodey and Tony interrogate Mandarin. Which is ironic because... Both films uh, are directed Black, and co- Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I jumped in. Sh- sorry. No, that's all right. Shane Black, yep. Director and co-writer of both of those movies. So he threw something in from there. Uh, do you guys have <laughs> anything you want to add? Because I'm out of of stuff to talk about for nice just guys. that, Just that these these toasters need to, to get on the, the tweets and the grams. The yeah. Reddit's the what am I forgetting? Twitter, Discord, Discord. <laughs> yeah. Reddit, Lord all those motherfucking places. We're at I, movie underscore toast. Did I cut you off? Please, Fuck me. 
Oh no, you're fine. No, no, no. I, okay. I, I, I'm excited to talk about the things too. Get to like, find us on YouTube. Yeah, you get go. the. We we got some exciting stuff. We wanna we wanna make with you guys. Hit us up, um, folks, and, ladies and. Oh, go ahead. Oh oh, I, well, I was just gonna say and um, give us some suggestions. Hit hit us up or listen to our commentary episodes. We got a yeah. couple of them. Oh yeah. We, we've we've got a couple more. We can we can hit you with, but. What, what's we want to keep doing them hear? too. We want to keep doing them too. Yeah, so. we're what's lacking that? the downloads that we have there. We don't know if it's the subject matter or if the way we're talking. What do you guys? That that's a good point, Dennis. We've never called that up. Thank you. Like, tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Give commentary yeah. true. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Dude, it's a it's very it's very easy that's concept. True. We can't improve on our podcast unless we hear from you guys on where we need to improve. If you guys want to hear new stuff, if you want to hear different stuff, if you want us to change what we're doing uh, in any way, we probably won't, but <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. People. I'm kidding. I was going really good. I was going really good there. And then I kind of, kind of hey, went down yeah. in the, into the ditch. Or, or no. if you just love everything, tell us that yeah. too. Tell us that too. If, yeah. if, if we if there's nothing for us to change let us know that because honestly right now we live no, in a hole there's so much you can change with us well you lately, make us everyone's kind of been in a hole but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no honestly it, the if we don't hear anything from you there, there's a saying no news is good news well in this case no news doesn't really tell us anything yeah and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing now, granted, if that works out in your favor, meaning you like what we're doing, then great. But we still need to hear from you. So yep. and, let us and know. And Tommy's going to keep asking you. Yes. I, Hurry, every, every episode, I will keep Yeah, that's it, Tommy's asking. part. No, I mean right now. He's, he's not going to stop talking. I will no. not until stop talking you go comment. until you go comment. Yeah, so I'm going to look after this episode airs. I'm going to look down at the comment section. And if I see a comment on there, then we'll know we can stop the episode. But until then, I'm just going to keep on going. Oh, damn, I'm going to end around this. This until... is going to be so much. <laughs> I, I don't even think I'll be able to sleep. This is going to be like a 48-hour episode. Actually, I don't fucking know if it will ever end because how are we going to post it if he's still talking? Boom, boom, boom. And then Adam was still going too with that because he was still going and going and going and going. And so now I'm just repeating myself. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know what to do. Thank you for listening. If you stayed with us this long, please make sure stay inside, stay healthy, stay toasty. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Doom, 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 doom.